Is that me? I think uh, Jeff and Congo boys got me fixed up now. If they don't, we're just going to keep on going. And so if I get distracted, I'm going to try not to get distracted. I'm going to cut the ADD off if I can. I want to talk about setbacks. You know, I run to a guy that said, you talk about setbacks. A guy came to me, he said, he said, well, uh, Jim, me and my fiance broke up. I said, did you now? I said, why? He said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, would you want to marry someone that, that drank all the time and stayed out all night? I said, well, no. He said, well, neither did she. <laughs> he was in a setback, amen? But uh, what I want to talk to you today about setbacks that seem irreversible. And uh, if you get out your outlines, I wrote a definition of setback in there, which is a loss or progress or loss of progress, a defeat of a plan or a reversal of good fortune, anything that sets you back. That sets you back. When I mean irreversible, I'm thinking, I, I'm, what I mean by that is it may seem that, a, that there's something permanent that you just can't climb out of this, this hole. You ever felt like that? You're not going to be able to climb out of this hole? Well, the answer to that question is found in the Bible. In a book called Job. Named after a man called Job. It's in the middle of the Bible. And uh, I'm going to get this. As much as I didn't want it to distract me, it does. The answer, the answer to that question is found in the, in the middle of the Bible. And... Uh, uh, right beside Psalms. And in his day, Job was the wealthiest man in the world. He was the most powerful, most influential, famous. But on a single day, he literally lost everything. He, he lost his family. His sons and daughters, they were murdered by terrorists. His, his stock and, and crops were all done away by a natural disaster. They were wiped out all in a single day. And then he became deathly ill with an incurable and, and painful disease. Job had a bad day. He had a bad day. And uh, if you'll read the book of Job, this is, we're talking about a real setback that seemed irreversible. Let me look at Job 30. I looked for good to come, but evil came instead. I waited for some light, but darkness fell instead. The churning inside of me never stops, and waves of misery crash over me. I have no doubt that in a, in, a, in a crowd, 
this size that some of you are feeling like Job right here. That, that waves of misery are, are crashing over you. You know, but yet at the end, I want to tell you, there's, there's a great thing happening here. At the end of Job, he experiences one of the greatest comebacks in history. Greatest comebacks in history. He loses it all, but at the end, he gains it back in a greater uh, way. So, so now my prayer is that this story, this lesson today, will encourage you no matter what setback that you're experiencing today. And, and we're going we're, we're to look at, at five things that Job did when, 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 when everything around him was, was, was falling apart. And we're going to look at it through an acrostic of the word trust, T-R-U-S-T. And, and so what do you do when, when all this is happening to do what Job did? We'll do that real quick. And the letter T, I want you to write this in here. Tell God exactly how you feel. Tell God exactly how you feel. You know, after a major setback, you know, you begin uh, by, by just unloading your emotions to God. Pour it out. Tell Him exactly how you really feel. God wants us to be honest. And actually, that's worship. Because when you're talking to God, you're focused on Him, and that is worship. Tell God exactly how you feel. Look at Job's reaction in 120. Job stood up, tore his robe in grief, and shaved his head. These are all signs of grief in this culture. Then he fell to the ground in worship, humility, despair, anger, frustration, all of this. You know, anytime in, in, after a loss, you're going to experience about four things. You're going to experience anger, grief, shock, fear. You're going to have all these questions for God. Why, why, why? What I want to tell you is your pastor, somebody that loves you, express every one of them to God. Because God can handle any emotion that you throw at him. God gave them to you. God is an emotional God. He created you. Job 7 11, Job said this, I can't be quiet. I'm angry. I have to speak. Job is ticked off right here. And later as you read in Job, you're going to see confusion and, and you're going to see him blaming. Guys, you're, I want to tell you, God can handle it all. Don't just kind of grin and bear it and think you're just kind of stuff it in. Don't fake an emotion and, and don't put on this happy face. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You, just, you know people have lost a lot. Say, so how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Hallelujah. And knowing it's just fake. Fake, 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 fake. You don't have to do that. Tell God exactly how you're struggling. Tell God, like this young, young man who's, who's feared, tell God what you're fearing, what your fears are, your doubts. You know, I've been a dad now for 20, almost 26 years. Uh, I'm, I'm a father of, of Luke and Sarah here. And, and, and sometimes, y'all can believe this or not, 
sometimes my kids question my judgment. Now, they never question my love for them. They've never questioned my love for them. But they question my judgment sometimes. They say, Dad, I don't, I don't know about that. You know, but I'm here to tell you something. I would rather have an honest conversation with my kids than to have them stuff it. You see what I'm saying? I would rather for them to disagree with me and say something about it than just stuff it. I'd rather have them mad at me and say something about it rather than just, just stuff it. Well, guess what? So would God. So would God. Tell him how you feel. Lamentations 2.19 says, Cry out in the night. Pour out your heart like water in prayer to the Lord. Guys, I want to tell you, honesty is always the best policy. Job never stopped talking to God. He was honest. He never stopped trusting God. He was honest. And in the end, Job was restored. Look what David said in the, in the middle of his setback in the next verse, Psalm 116.10. I believed, so I said, I am completely ruined. And when I first read that, that sort of sounded like a, a contradiction, didn't it? But here's what he's saying. Because I believe in God, I know I can complain to God. Because I believe in God, I know I can complain to God. Because, I mean, really, who does an atheist complain to? He can't complain to God because he doesn't believe there's a God. So he has no one to complain to. If you uh, uh, com complain to God about your life, it at least means that you believe in God. You follow me? You know, it, least mean, it at least means that. So my question for you is, is what frustrations have you never talked about? What frustrations or doubts or fears or, or anger are you just kind of holding on to and you haven't talked to him about it? Is it your, something in your work, your marriage, your health, your relationships at, at school, at, at home? What is it that you've never talked to God about? So the first step is to tell God exactly how you feel. Now, the second step to trusting God uh, for a comeback is this. The R stands for this. Refuse to become bitter. Refuse to become bitter. Refuse to become bitter. It's okay to tell God that you're mad. It's okay to tell God that you're, you're sad. But you can't let that resentment turn into bitterness. You just can't do it. Because bitterness is actually saying this. I don't trust you, God. I don't trust you. Job didn't get bitter because he saw the big picture. He knew that God was in control and that he was still in control. Job uh, one twenty one says, I came naked from my mother's room. Womb. No, that's kind of her room. <laughs> I, I, 
Why did I say that? <laughs> I came naked, naked from my mother's womb, and I shall have nothing when I die. And that's a true statement. I watched both my kids being born, and, and you guys know I work, or being a pastor, and I work in a funeral home. I've seen, been there many deaths, and no one brings a U-Haul uh, truck with them. You, you go out just like that. The Lord gave me everything I had, and they were his to take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Now, if you study the book of Job, you'll discover the main question here. Will you trust and love God no matter what happens? That's the main question. Will you trust and love God no matter what happens? Or do you love and worship God only when things are going good? Will you, will you love Him and serve Him no matter whether you're happy or not? Will you worship God when everything is going wrong in your life? Let me tell you something I found out over the last 20 years as your, your pastor. And untested faith is really no faith at all. And untested faith is really no faith at all. Because life ain't always good. It ain't always good. We live on a, we live on a broken planet. So, well, how do you trust, you know, how do you trust God when your heart's breaking? What's the antidote to this, this bitterness? Well, I found out it's praise and worship. Praise and worship is the antidote to, to, to just bitterness. Because when you praise and worship, you, you focus on God. And, and I wrote a list down here, some facts that I know are true no matter what happens. When you've had a setback, I want you to remember, God will never stop loving me. I want you to remember, God has a plan from my life. I remember that God cares about every detail of my life. That God is in control of things I don't understand. And I remember that God will protect me. I wrote you some verses down so you can go, go back. And, and I'm, I'm asking you to build your life on those five things. Look at another one on the back side of your page from Habakkuk. I love saying Habakkuk. Even though the fig trees have no fruit and no grapes to grow on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no grain, even though the sheep all die and the cattle stalls are empty, I'll still be joyful and glad because the Lord God is my Savior. He is my Savior. So what are you bitter about this morning? Let me tell you something about bitterness. Bitterness is poison. Bitterness destroys. Bitterness will eat you alive. And when you're bitter, it always hurts you more than the other person that you're bitter at. Always. What I found out is most of the time, they don't even know. You're walking around bitter, and, and they don't even know it. Bitterness only hurts you. It doesn't hurt anyone else. 
And here's what I do know. You can write this down. Both bitterness and happiness are choices. Both of them are choices. Every moment of your life, you're choosing one or the other. But I want to caution you. If you choose to be bitter in that same moment, you're choosing not to be happy. If you choose to be bitter, you're choosing not to be happy because you can't be both at the same time. They will not coexist. So which do you want? Do you want happiness or do you want bitterness? It's your choice. Your choice. I want that, I want that to sink in. It's your choice. Do you choose bitterness or do you choose happiness? The third step to trusting God for a comeback is this, the letter U. Unite with other people who will help me focus on God. Unite with other people who will help me focus on God. For any comeback, you're going to need other people with faith to back you up. You're going to need other people. You may even need people to believe God for you. I remember in one of my deepest setbacks, I didn't even want to pray. I needed other people to believe God for me. You're going to need that. When, when your faith is shaken, you guys, I'm going I'm to throw it out there again. You need a small group. You need a small group. We're better in community. And let me just throw, th throw this in here real quick because I'm, I'm getting some things and our church is different. Our church is different. Here's why I always push that we need small groups. For some of you may not know this. Obviously, some of you don't know. We're all volunteers. We're all volunteers. I'm not a pastor that can hold your hand. I'm not a pastor that can come to you. I'm not paid to do that. I'm not paid. You need, we need each other. I can come when I can, but don't get mad at me when I can. We need each other. We need to minister to each other. We're built differently here. And I don't apologize for that. That's just the way we are. We believe that we're better together. And if you isolate yourself, you got some problems coming. you got a lot of problems coming. But the problem is, is our natural reaction is to withdraw. It, it is to withdraw. It's the exact opposite of what you need to do. Job's friend gave him some advice in, in Job 36. His friend's name was Elihu. Don't let your anger and the pain you endured make you sneer at God. Reputation and riches cannot protect you from distress, nor can you find safety in the dark world below. Don't turn to evil as a way of escape. God's power is unlimited. Others have praised God for what he has done, so join with them. I want you to underline join with them. Where do you find these kinds of friends? 
these kinds of friends that will lift you up. You're going to find them in church. You're going to find them here. You're going to find them in small groups that you meet with on a weekly basis. Now, you may be sitting there saying, I don't belong to a small group. How do you get connected? Well, we're working on that. But right now, in your mind, think of someone that you would like to meet with and get with them. Let me or Derek and Sheila know you're meeting and we'll try to help. But just go ask them. Don't wait on me to set it up for you. You're grown folks. Go ask them, say, can we start meeting once a week? You, you know, whether it's at the gym or the school or the, 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 the house and, and have a little Bible study. But guys, know that it's detrimental to your spiritual growth. That you, that you begin to meet with one another. Because if you're not in a setback now, one's coming. Pain is coming. And his friend says, you know, pain is inevitable. He also cautions him, you know, don't use evil to escape pain. That's going to make it worse. What do you do then? You increase the amount of time you hang out with God's people. Increase that amount of time. Turn to God, not away from him. Job uh, 12, 13 says, True wisdom and real power belong to God. From him we learn how to live and also what to live for. First Chronicles 16, 11. Go to the Lord for help and worship him. Focus on God's goodness. Ask God for wisdom and strength. You will, guys, I'm going I'm to tell you, you're going to need both of these. Psalm 63, 2 says, here, David says this, Here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and your glory. Go to church. Go to worship. Go to church. You know, studies have been shown that people that go to church are healthier. They, 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 they live longer. Worship relaxes you. Did you notice that when you began to worship a while ago, you were relaxed? It relaxes you. It lowers your blood pressure. It lowers your, your stress levels. No other thing, no program can do that like just going to church. Here I am in the place of worship. Eyes open. Drinking in your strength and your glory. Look what Paul says about it in Philippians. Because you are praying for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ is helping me, I know this trouble will bring my what? Freedom. I love what Paul says that. Prayer is the path back to your comeback. Prayer is it. Prayer is it. Knowing that you can come to a place or you can come to a small group that folks are going to be praying for you, lifting you up. Now I'm going to ask you to do something here in a minute. It's something I don't know that I've ever done, but but that's okay. And in 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 the and, and, and you nosy folks, you just need to zip it. You just need to zip it. You gossipers just need to zip it. 
I better not hear of it. If you need prayer, I want you to bow your heads. If you're in a setback right now and you need me and the church to pray for you, I would love for you to just, just quietly stand up. If you're in a setback right now, I want to pray for you. I want the church to pray for you. These folks are courageous. My Lord, Lord, look at my people as they, as they quietly stand. Lord, I pray for relief from their pain. I pray for a broken heart that needs restoration. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you start to turn their setbacks into comebacks. Lord, bless them. And I ask your favor on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Guys, if you're facing a setback, the path back to a comeback is going to church. It's starting to church. The fourth step to trusting God is to come back is this. Surrender my future to God. Surrender my future to God. Anytime you have a loss, uh, a failure, it's been my experience that what paralyzes folks is fear. Fear of their future. And sometimes you'll even get some bad advice, you know, from, from, from folks that you love and trust. In Job's case, he got some bad advice from his wife. Look what she said. Job's wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? Just end it. But Job replied, You talk like a godless woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God, never anything bad? So in all of this, Job said nothing wrong. Well, that's probably the first recorded incident of someone encouraging another person to commit suicide. But go easy on her. Remember, she lost a lot too. She lost a lot too. But Job's response to this problem is total surrender. He says, I don't like it. I don't understand it, but I still trust you. God, I still trust you. I'm not exactly sure what the plan is, but I trust you. Job 13, 15 uh, is a famous verse that everybody knows. Even if God takes my life, I'll still trust him. Even though he slay me, I will still trust him. Total surrender. God is in control. Job knew that there was more to life than this one. I don't understand it. But I know that God is a good God, and he loves me. Guys, that's mature faith. When you and I can handle setbacks, that's a sign of mature faith. Do you know what the sign of a weak faith is? Worry. If you worry a lot, you have a, have a weak faith. 
a weak faith. It's just worry is a warning light. It's just a warning light your faith is weak. Look at Matthew 6. People who don't know God are always what? Yeah. People who don't know God are always worried. Remember, we, we tell you all the time here, you have a choice. You can either worry or you can worship. It's, it's where, you, where do you put your focus at. The fifth step to trust God for a comeback is this. Trust, it's the T. Trust Jesus for every detail of my comeback. Trust Jesus for every detail. Every detail of my life, of your life. Every last little one can turn that setback into a comeback. We've got to trust him for every small or big. So what's going on right now that you folks can't see? Let me rephrase that. What's going on in your life right now that folks on the outside can't see? On the outside, you look like you got it all together. That, that everything's just perfect. That everything's just hunky-dory. You know, like you ride by, you know what I'm talking about, a manicured yard. We got folks, and there's a big push, people selling their houses right now, and, and I'm hearing terms like curb appeal. You're walking around with a lot of curb appeal. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? That everybody thinks it's just beautiful, everything's in, in, in order. But your gutters ain't been cleaned out in a while. And your house is rotten from the face you down. But you got great curb appeal. Hallelujah. Stuff's been piling up in your life. Like bitterness. Oh, I'm good, Jim. But you won't speak to so-and-so. I'm doing good. I'm really good. I'm getting better. But you can't meet them in the same grocery aisle. I'm doing great, Jim. I was just having a bad day when I posted that on Facebook. You need to clean the gutters in your life. You need to clean out the stuff that, that people can't see. And the only way you can do that is turn those gutters over to Jesus Christ. Let him do some cleaning. You don't wait to be vulnerable when the storms come and the water overflows back into the eaves of your house. John 16, 33. And the reason why I know that, I just cleaned out my gutters. They was awful. Water was pouring out behind them because I hadn't taken time to clean them. John 16, 33, Jesus said, By trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart, I've conquered the world. You and me, we need to trust Jesus. It is the path back to a comeback. 
As the musicians come, I want to read Job's comeback to you. I told you it was a good one. After Job prayed for his friends, the Lord gave him success again. In fact, the Lord gave Job twice as much of everything as he had been blessed with before. Isn't that neat? Job had trusted God for his comeback and got double for his trouble. Would you like double for your trouble? Only Jesus can do that. If you're in a setback, only Jesus can do that. He can give you double for your trouble. And I got your mind. I want to pray with y'all before we sing. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. And Lord, we, we got some folks starting off 2019 way back there. They've been hurting and they're in pain. But your word, the book of Job, tells us what to do. Lord, I pray for my people to stop faking it. That they tell you exactly how they feel. That they don't hold nothing back. Lord, we look forward to that. We look forward to that. I pray that they unite with people. That'll encourage them. That will that will push them on to grow spiritually. That they will surrender. And then trust you. Lord, we love you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus I pray. Amen.